Hello and welcome to the Becoming Your Highest Self podcast. I'm your host, Macy Renee, and we are going on a journey together, my friend. If you've been looking for a podcast geared towards your growth, self-awareness, navigating your brain's daily mind drama, and deep inner work to become your highest and best self, you are in the perfect place. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Becoming Your Highest Self Podcast. I'm Macy Renee. I'm so excited to have you back. It has been a crazy few weeks for me and I cannot wait to tell you all about it. I think I'm going to get to finally tell you next week what's been going on. It has been long awaited. It's been probably about a good four to six months that I've wanted to share this and haven't been able to. So, I can't wait. I can't wait. I've been counting down. Anyways, we are going to talk about victim mentality today. I gave my 365 Facebook Live listeners an option, and one of my clients actually um, commented on it and said she'd love to hear about victim mentality. And I don't think that I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a really important topic. So we're going to dive into that. So victim mentality was something that was really challenging for me when I first um, received coaching. And here's the reason why. So if you are new here, you might not know this, but if you've been listening or, you know, to the podcast for a while or you've caught up on a bunch of episodes, I started therapy when I was six years old and I was in therapy on and off for 17 years. Um, That was to help heal a lot of things that happened in childhood and um, to just kind of make sure my mental state was okay, how I was processing everything. And there were certain time periods in life where life was really, really hard. And so therapy was super helpful for me during those 17 years that I did therapy. But one of the things that um, I learned throughout my 17 years of therapy was that it was great for having people hold the space for me um, and people being like the clinicians, right? Psychologists, psychiatrists, I've been to them all, counselors, however you want to label the different um, professionals, I've been to all of them. But one of the things that I learned very quickly is that they were great at holding the space for me, but oftentimes I would go in week after week after week repeating the same stories over and over and over again. And I was always validated for the things that had happened in my life. I was I was never made to feel shame or um, wrong about what I was experiencing, how I was processing it. And I think that that is what is so great about therapy. It really gave me a safe place to share what was going on in my life, share all of the things that were happening to me that I felt like were happening to me at the time, right? All of the things that I couldn't control, the family members I couldn't control, the horrendous situations that I had been put in, It was so nice to be able to share all of those things and on the other end have someone, you know, shake their head yes, write it down so they remembered what we were talking about, Um, being able to ask questions to help me go a little bit deeper into those stories um, and ultimately validating that my feelings were not wrong and that was amazing for 17 years. 
But after 17 years, um, I ended up finding a life coach. And I actually hired my first life coach, Stacey Bayman, for reasons outside of any kind of like, you know, therapy, counseling reasons. I hired her because I was in a relationship marketing company. I wanted to advance in that path. Um, So I thought and I hired her because I thought she could help me scale this business. And while she definitely could have. A lot of my personal family stuff, a lot of my limiting beliefs kept coming up and they kept getting in the way and I wasn't able to bring in the money that I wanted to make um, or achieve the goals that I was wanting to hit because I could not get out of my own way. I kept having patterns come up. I kept having triggers come up um, and Stacy ended up helping me a lot at that time. She doesn't do this type of coaching anymore, but she helped me really see where my power um, lied, right? Where I could take back the power that I felt like I had lost and where I felt completely out of control. And I used to tell her all the time, I feel like I don't know up from down, left from right. I feel like I don't even know who I am. I am so lost and it's because all of these horrible things happened to me. You know, this and this and this happened in my childhood and this and this and this is how I was raised and this and this and this and I could go on for days. And honestly, for the first year of life coaching, Stacy really held the space for me. She, you know, was very neutral but very empathetic to what I had experienced But a year into coaching, there was, I will never forget it, I was at a retreat of hers. I had paid $3,000 for four days of a retreat in Michigan. It was amazing. It changed my life. I have no regrets. I think I've shared that with you guys before. But I can remember at this point we had been coaching together. It wasn't even quite a year. It was almost a year, maybe seven months And I was doing the same thing that I would do in therapy. I would bring up and rehash old stuff all of the time, right? Everything kept coming up, kept coming up because nothing was quite healed. Like therapy was helping me process, but it wasn't actually like moving me forward. That's what I found in my 17 years. It wasn't like ridding of everything, right? And I don't even know that you're that you necessarily get rid of everything as much as you learn how to gain your power back. And I'm sure that there are therapy methods out there and therapists that help people now move completely forward. But in my 17 years starting in childhood, I had never quite moved forward. I always felt heard, but I didn't really have strategies given to me to move forward. And the difference in coaching is that Um, They look at it very progressively, right? So therapy is kind of like for you if you're below what we would call in the healthcare field, um, because my background's in occupational therapy, below baseline. So what I would look for in my patients back when I was practicing occupational therapy before becoming a coach, full-time coach, I would look for people who stopped getting dressed every day, stopped putting makeup on, stopped fixing their hair, right? If, if they stopped their daily routines and they kind of seemed not themselves, I knew that they were below baseline. So if they were below baseline, that might mean they need some attention as far as their mental and emotional health. And typically that's when someone is a great fit for therapy. 
when someone is a great fit for coaching, it's when you're still, you know, you're getting up every day, you're, you know, you maybe having some anxiety and maybe at times you have moments of feeling a little depressed or out of body, but it's not impacting your daily living skills. You still get up, you still do your routines, but you also really want to move forward and you want to learn why you're not moving forward and you want to take responsibility for not moving forward, okay? So I remember it was like seven months into um, us coaching together and, you know, she had heard me repeat um, all of the things that I had been through multiple times through coaching calls, like just over and over again, just like I would do in therapy and the difference was she looked me in the eyes and she said, I have something I want to say that can totally change your life, but you may be really pissed off when I say it. And if you're wanting to change your life and you want to hear it, I'm happy to say it to you. But if you want to stay in the place that you're in and feel the way that you feel right now, you don't have to, you don't have to hear it from me. Just say that you don't want to and that's okay. And I had to think about it for a minute, you guys, because it was scary to think on the other end, in her mind, she was seeing something that I wasn't, and I didn't know if I wanted to hear it because it felt extremely um, daunting to think, what is she going to say that, you know, is it going to make me mad? Am I going to hate her after she says it? Am I, you know, is this going to change our relationship together? But that's the the thing about a coach-client relationship is that, it's not your best friend, right, saying the hard thing. Like your best friend kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, commiserates with you. (laughs) A coach is really that person that powerfully helps you see a part of yourself that you haven't seen and holds the space for you to see it. And so ultimately I ended up, you know, kind of um, afraid, but I said yes. And she said to me, you're responsible for what you're experiencing in your life right now. You're responsible for what you're feeling. And if you keep blaming the people that have hurt you and you keep, you know, perseverating on the stories and the things that happened in the past, your life will continue to look exactly how it is right now. And the way that I know that is because you have been talking about this in pain for seven months and you have told me you've gone to therapy for 17 years with this pain if you don't take responsibility for it it's going to keep coming up it was so hard to hear I cried probably the rest of the day but it was also very profound because from that moment forward what I learned of was something called victim mentality and I had unconsciously been engaging in this victim mentality of if the people in my life that have hurt me don't change, don't say sorry, don't take responsibility in their own life, then I can never step into my greatness. I'll never be successful. I'll never be able to get over this. I'm going to be damaged forever. Like I need them to say sorry or I need them to be different or I need them to encourage, like to not encourage, um, to um, share how they, you know, have uh, hurt me or the mistakes that they've made. And The thing about it is you can't control other people. We have no control over other people. We have no power over other people, right? Think of people who are in relationships with someone who's very controlling and manipulative. We call that abusive. So 
You cannot change other people. And if you're trying to control and manipulate and, you know, make decisions for other people, you're, you're not in your ultimate power. Your ultimate power, and this is what I teach, right? Self-mastery. Your ultimate power is being fully 100% responsible for yourself. Now, when you're in the midst of a storm and you have had trauma, maybe you've had, um, you know, uh, physical abuse in your past, domestic abuse, uh, sexual abuse. Maybe you have uh, grown up um, experiencing loss and you've had a lot of grief or, you know, you were raised by someone other than maybe your biological parent and you have a lot of pain associated with that depending on how your situation played out. Either way, it's very easy for people to fall into a victim mentality. It's very easy for our brain to say, The reason I'm this way is because this happened to me and I had no control. And there are times where we really like end up in circumstances that are beyond our control, especially below the age of 18 when we're expecting someone to protect us and maybe they don't always protect us the way we wanted to be protected or or love us the way we wanted to be loved, right? So with that being said, It's very easy to fall into a victim mentality and feel like because of the circumstances that we were dealt or are currently dealing with, that it's beyond our control and that we're just stuck and we can't change it. We can't leave the job because we don't have enough money. We can't, you know, um, quit because our boss is, you know, associated with another company that we would want to work with or whatever. You know, I'm trying to make up quick examples off the top of my head, which is not necessarily working the best right now but with all of that being said we often fall victim to our circumstances and one of my main jobs as a coach is to help people find their power again to take all of those stories that they have about what has happened quote unquote to them right and turn it around and help them see how all of those things have happened for them but beyond that my job is not even to take away their pain or to change their mind it's to help them see how all of their current thoughts and feelings right are creating what they're currently experiencing and so some people want to stay in victim mentality because let me tell you that giving up stories where you used to be able to or currently blame everybody else it's kind of like what we talked about a few episodes back if if my husband came home and he's in a bad mood and then I allow his mood to affect my mood It's easier for me to be a victim and blame him and his foul mood for the reason that I'm grumpy. So if we get into an argument and he goes, why are you upset? Like I'm having a bad day because of what happened to me at work. And if I say I'm upset because you were upset because you came home with an attitude, right? That's victim mentality. That is me being a victim to his emotions. That's me owning his emotions as my own. Same thing if I take anything that I went through in childhood, right? It's very easy to be like, I was a child. I couldn't get myself out of that situation. I'm a victim and it's so-and-so's fault. But if I allow it to be their fault and I wait for them to give me something that I feel like I can't give myself, then I am waiting for them to change who they are to feel powerful, 
And that's not how you feel powerful. You feel powerful when you take your story, right? And you grab hold of the pen again and start writing from where you want to be. Like, how do you want to feel? How do you want to think about this? What kind of relationship do you want to have maybe with the people in your life? Even people who have hurt you. Like, some people still want a relationship with the people who... um have not always done them right. Some people don't want a relationship with those people at all and that's okay. But my job as a coach is not to dismiss anyone's pain or tell them that they're wrong for their pain, which is why therapy is so helpful, right? They're never telling you that you're wrong for feeling the way that you're feeling. But my job as a coach is to help my clients recognize when they are keeping themselves in a state of pain, keeping themselves in a cycle of stories that are not serving them for where they desire to be. And that's really the big difference between um, coaching and therapy, right? Coaching, uh, therapy can kind of, it doesn't really matter how long you you talk about the stories and how long you keep um, rehashing it over and over again. It's okay, however long it takes, it's fine. And in coaching, really, it really doesn't matter how long it takes, but the goal is to ultimately know where your clients are trying to get to and then helping them see all the ways their mind is stalling that process. And when you're in victim mentality, it's very um, easy to not always see all the ways that your brain is keeping you there. Because when when you decide that you're going to let go of the victim story, what happens is you actually have to turn inside of yourself and you have to do the inner work that is very painful and very hard to do. It's kind of like if um, you're in a marriage that you're not happy with, right? And you feel like the reason that you're not happy is because your partner is not being a good partner to you, right? Maybe you all have a history. Maybe you fight all the time. Maybe they've done something that you feel like now you can't trust them as well. And because of that, you feel like my marriage is miserable because of this person. And if they would be different, then I would be happy. If they would be different, my marriage would be better. If they were different, you know, like I'm the victim here. They did this to me. I don't need to change. I'm perfect the way that I am. And it's their fault. So, you know, our marriage is going to be crummy forever unless they change. And so you, in those moments, you're creating a lot of self-suffering for yourself. Because what you're telling me, right, if this was a client telling me this, is that they're responsible for your feelings. They're responsible for your happiness. They're responsible for all of your joy and how you navigate the world. And so what they're ultimately telling me is that this person has to be a different person or behave differently or change everything about themselves in order for you to gain back your happiness. And what we know is that a lot of times those people that have hurt us don't even know they're oblivious to it which makes us more angry and more mad that they don't seem to understand the amount of pain that we're in. But the reason that they don't is because they're not in our body, right? That's not their power. Their power is their body. Your power is your body, your mind, your emotion, your energy. And so when you've given it away to someone else, you are in a victim mentality and it's okay to be there. That's the thing. If my clients come to me and that's what they're telling me, I have a lot of empathy for that. I understand what it's like to be in that position. I was in that position for 17 years. 
of my life until my coach lovingly, directly, and sternly said, if you keep holding on to these stories and keep rehashing them over and over again and keep reliving the pain over and over again, This is going to be a result that you keep creating. You've done it for 17 years and your brain has the capacity to keep you in it for another 17 years. So do you want it to be different? Like what do you want in your life? And I wanted to stop feeling misery. I wanted to stop feeling um, so helpless. I, I didn't want to feel the pain that I was feeling. Like I would complain about the pain that I was feeling and I didn't want to feel the pain, but I didn't realize that I was also creating it by not taking responsibility for my own thinking, my own thoughts, my own emotions. So that's really my job as a coach. So when people are ready to have those hard conversations or see their mind differently, that's when they come to me. Um, If they're not ready to see all of those things yet, like even on a consult, if someone thinks that they're ready to hire me, but they're not ready to see victim mentality or they're not ready to acknowledge, um, you know, or maybe take responsibility yet, or they're not ready to move forward. They just want to talk about it over and over and over again, everything that happened to them. I usually recommend, I turn them away from coaching and I recommend therapy, or I suggest that they do therapy and coaching so that they can play off of each other. Because I think, I think these days it's been a while since I have sat like in a therapy chair. Actually, maybe it's been like two and a half years. I did end up going just a few years ago for something else, um, that was coming up for me. But I think now there's probably a lot more tools, especially with the coaching industry. I think, um, therapists are kind of bridging some coaching, some therapy, uh, tools together, which is amazing. And I don't think therapies, um, you know, worse or better than coaching or coaching is better than therapy. I think that they both have a beautiful place. And actually I had a discussion with, uh, Lena Suarez, um, on the podcast here, uh, months ago where she, you know, she is a therapist and we talked about PTSD and, um, some of the different viewpoints between what a coach sees and maybe what a therapist sees and also what we both see and how we bridge that gap. I don't think that they have to be competing industries. I think that there's a beautiful place for both of them. And there's usually a stage a human being is in where we know it's either more appropriate for therapy or it's more appropriate for coaching. And um, I am always willing, even as a coach, to refer my clients to therapy if I feel like that's what they need, especially having an occupational therapy background and knowing how to look at someone's baseline of um, where they seem to be mentally and emotionally. So I hope that this victim mentality episode helps you um, you know, have a better understanding of what may come up in your life. Like if you just feel like I'm not in control, I don't know how to change this, I need someone else to be different. If it's anything that has to do with external circumstances changing, um, people, places, things, right, living in a different environment, all of those things, yes, can make a huge impact on your mental and emotional health. And some of those circumstances are going to be beyond your control. But something that you always have control of is your mind and your emotions, right? Your thinking and your emotions. But let me just say this, is that there has to be a willingness to grow in self-awareness. And that's really what self-mastery means for me. And that's what becoming your highest self is about. It's, it's such a keen 
amount of self-awareness. If you're not willing to become more self-aware, it's going to be very hard to change all the things that you may need to change in order to get the result that you're wanting to create in your life. So if you need help with that, please reach out to me. Next podcast, I will be announcing something special. I turned 30 this year. I've got some great things um, up my sleeves. Um, I turned 30 on October 10th. Super excited to enter a new decade. I'm sure it's going to be the best decade yet. And um, I can't wait to also share some, you know, super exciting things with you guys. So I hope that you will have an amazing week this week. I'm sorry that this was delayed and that it's late, but better late than never. I will see you guys again next week.